Oh, wow. It's, you don't see the lines? Oh, wait, no, the lines are still down there at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, that's bottom. Nice. You can see the lines. Mm-hmm. Episode 171 of you from 202 in March 2021. Sun's up an hour later. Uh, we're still here, we're still alive, I think. Uh, it's Britt, Peaches, Sam, and Cork at the eve, sort of, of a uh, another New York Red Bull season, the 2021 season. The home opener date has been announced. There's there's vaccinations going on every day. Who knows who knows when we'll be at the stadium ourselves, but there's gonna be a game in the next couple months, and some of us listening to this podcast on this podcast might even be at a game at some point this year. It's zeroing in. So this is this is a uh, you know monthly episode. I think we're gonna do another preseason episode coming up. So let's just check in about some new signings, some new stuff. In Red Bull's world, in the meantime, um, how how are how are you guys doing? In the meantime, been a while since we last spoke. Since we last spoke, we were asking if Kaku might stay. How has your life changed since then? <laughs> uh, it was good to see photographic proof that most of us may or may not be still alive. Um, that's I'm using the. I, I'm not videoing in because i'm using that roger ebert like computer program to like recreate my voice from previous snippets of the show so oh right right that's the only way i'm pulling this off large but. deep fake of a large uh, directory of sounds that we've collected from various um movies starring bald men mm-hmm. yeah man paul thomas anderson movies ben cork mm-hmm. if that is your real name um but yeah, we're we're using the new and enhanced Zencaster feature where we can see each other. Where I can see that both uh, both Peaches and Sam actually are uh, sporting some nice, luscious uh, Tom Barlow locks now. Didn't even know that before that. The marvels of technology. Is that your inspiration, My, Tom Barlow? No, mine is uh, uh, Florian Velo inspired uh, locks. I would say. And mine, mine's obviously Alex Moyle inspired. That's true. He was a trendsetter even before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rest in peace. Nobody could go to the. Yes, it lost to at too young of an age to Tennessee, um, where you know, <laughs> upon going to Tennessee, you inevitably begin a you know path of slowly making your way to. You can finally get us canceled by mentioning the second largest city in Tennessee. Oh yeah. Wait, was that really <laughs> because? For context, there was a day where you, if you said Memphis on Twitter, <laughs> your your account oh, no, you got banned. It. And I saw the explanation was that Memphis Depay copyrighted his name. Right back to his name. Is I that was really taking DMCA strikes. Something like that's what I I saw. Such a powerful move. <laughs> Can I? I'm going to. If I copyright my name, will the United Kingdom be banned from Twitter? <laughs> yeah. I think it was a bug in general too, but um, look, that, to be try. fair to Tennessee, that wasn't even the first Memphis. Yeah, there's many. There's, there's even 
when I found out that the Memphis in, in Egypt was not even the same Memphis as the one in Oedipus, I was pissed, I have to tell you. You know, it's like, you know, almost as pissed as I was when I found out MLS was not the first uh, pro soccer league in America. Almost that angry. But It's the um, first major league soccer league, though. Fair enough. Do you guys hear about this uh, thing in the the White House? Um, crazy, the White House, you know. Uh, can't smoke weed to be in the White House, but uh, it's actually a cover-up story. What actually happened is that all the millennial staffers in the Biden White House were caught selling Adderall to Doug for his four-day football manager bender. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Kamala has a zero-tolerance policy as attorney general of the largest state in the country, and she also has one in her house. So, you know, Doug, get out of here. Get the bad influences out. He's uh, limited to only playing PES for the next two months, even though he... Mainly... Mainly because the Biden was not able to get his NSA updates in the morning because <laughs> the White House computers kept crashing because of the Steam updates that were running on Doug's computer. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's so true. There, there was like, you know, Juan Guaido was supposed to actually be president of, of Venezuela by now. But, you know, the, the critical files and, and missiles that were supposed <laughs> to go there were blocked by his recurring search for Belgian 16-year-old Tricortistas. Worth I mean, less than 500,000 euros. I think more interesting is his follow-up interviews where he claims that the London Reds are his childhood club. Oh, yeah. It's classic. Yeah. Yeah. Always got to choose those responses. Up, up the Reds. Wait. Well, so... But wait. Football Manager does have the names of actual teams. It's not like PES names. No, no, no. PES uh, doesn't have it, it, Premier League teams. Actually, in England, at least, it doesn't have Premier League license, but it has the Football League. So, oh. but, it, but it has it has their, it has the club's real names, but not any, like, logos or insignia. Like, they're allowed to call them Manchester United instead of, like, you know, uh, fucking Melchester Rovers or something. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah, but, um, but, yeah, either way, Doug has gotten whatever patch you need to get the actual Premier League licensing on it. Even though, even though he only plays as like, you know, Telford Town in mm -hmm. the conference, um, you know, moving them up uh, to league status, he still wants to be able to see the actual Premier League logos when he sees like the FA Cup results getting rendered and shit mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. he's a pro. So. Of course. Once Torquay United got promoted into you know League Two, it's too big time for Doug. So. Got to, got to really move further down. Um, all right. Well, there's, there's been proof of life, not only for us, but for, you know, uh, the people that actually matter. Uh, Kevin Thelwell and Gerhard Struber, the two leading men in my life right now. Um, they uh, spoke to the media, the, the Red Bulls public at a press conference. I don't know. What was it? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Um, uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be like exactly two weeks ago. So yeah. All right, perfect. And uh, they've since gone to Florida, but uh, they kind of covered everything or, or covered the bases of, of state of the club in this press conference. Is that right? What 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 is the takeaway uh, from this press conference, Cork? I, I, you, you wrote it up for once a metro. Uh, what, what would you say there, the big story or bullets was here to catch us up well i think um 
bar, you know, rather than any sort of like over, if it were, I guess to say, if there was any kind of like overarching theme, it was that, that every, everything that they've been saying, Struber and Thelwell for the last few months has been, it's been that, uh, um, the Red Bull identity is back, uh, depending on whether you, you thought it left or not, but whatever you think of the Red Bull identity, it is back and they are pursuing, uh, the plan for the team based on that. They, um, you know, we knew last year when, when Struber came in, it was, you know, kind of the big selling point all the way down to Dietrich Mateschitz having to, you know, go and personally recruit him that this was Red Bull doubling down on their own faith and their own system. And that they were making New York more tightly tied to the, uh, kind of Red Bull plan and Red Bull infrastructure than they ever had previously, even under, you know, Jesse Marsh, as he eventually kind of merged with the European setup a few years ago. Um, that, and then part of what that means is, you know, basically what I thought at least was the kind of, um, you know, key moment of the, of the presser was that Struber saying, you know, in response to one of, you know, what, what has become somewhat of a, a standard question in, in Red Bull's press conferences of, of what, what, whether there's going to be this big quote unquote impact player or big DP or whatever you want to call it. And Struber, you know, which, you know, we've, we've mentioned that, you know, Struber um, is still kind of like kind of working his way more comfortably with English, but he seemed a lot sharper in this press conference and maybe there was some preparation for a question like this, but he, he kind of eloquently responded that um, he doesn't believe in the idea that a team is built around one impact or one or two impact players or that special players dictate your game plan or your, your squad plan. He, you know, he said that um, the way his tactics work, you know, from, you know, the, the kind of Red Bull, kind of Salzburg Academy world that he grew up and trained in and the kind of, you know, kind of lower leagues of Europe where, where team play and mechanical play is sort of, you know, what, what wins you games was him saying that my tactics are about teamwork. Uh, my, my philosophy, my, you know, squad building strategy is about having the whole team fit and that, you know, the impact comes from the entire team being on the same page rather than, um, you know, kind of hedging your bets everywhere so that you can have one player, be set up to shine. And, you know, that's kind of exactly, you know, if we are going to be committed to how Red Bull plays and how Red Bull sets its team ups, that teams up, that's exactly what you want to hear. Um, you know, so I think, I think that, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to take one theme from how they, you know, laid everything out um, and explained, you know, kind of the path that they took with their signings, this off season, it was that, and that, you know, um, you know, and I, I also think, to to sort of add a little bit of a of an extra chapter onto what I just said is that I think they're they're kind of underselling themselves. I think they're kind of underselling the signings that they have made by you know framing it that way because I think there's been a lot of quality brought in this year, especially this off season, um, especially compared to the rest of the league um, having to kind of you know let their squads get stale because of the. Um, you know, the, the logistical difficulties of doing transfers right now, which was another thing they, they touched mm-hmm. on in the press conference. So, um, you know, I, you know, I think, 
you know, the, the main ideas that they put across, um, were, were very sound and made a lot of sense. And the way that I, you know, I guess I kind of, um, sewed up the column that I wrote on it was just that, you know, they're here, you know, there's not really anything that's happened so far that would cause us to doubt their methods. Um, and they, you know, part of the press conference was them, you know, like I said, saying that they have faith in the, you know, philosophy that they've, you know, brought to the table here. And, um, you know, it's, you know, up for the games to be played now to see whether they've, you know, bet correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just the, the sheer volume of some of these signings that have happened is, is quite remarkable, especially when compared to other teams. And I think we'll, we'll run down the ones we haven't talked about already, uh, in a little while. Um, but that question caught my attention as well. The, the, you know, difference maker DP, whatever question. Cause you know, I, I, you know, I'm sure, uh, Struber is familiar with the general idea and gets, got that in England and, and, you know, Deutsch speaking world as well, especially given that it sounds like asking for a striker was sort of a thing, uh, for him at Barnsley towards the end. But, uh, mm. it did feel like maybe there was just a glint in his eyes or a, feeling of recognition when I heard that where my read uh, and, you know, my tinfoil admittedly is that it just kind of felt like, you know, maybe that was something that well had like talked to him about being like, Oh, this is kind of a, a recurring theme mm-hmm. in, in among these guys. Um, and uh, cause he did let that well talk about it, but then he also got to it himself. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I agree that um, I think he handled it adeptly, but you know, I think it was also, it's also notable that both of these guys are good at, it just kind of talking in press conferences in a way that just kind of defangs every question a bit too. Um, mm-hmm. But, and then, and towards, towards the end, there was a question. Um, it actually might've been um, Mesa who asked it um, about players and, and sort of similar dipped into a similar theme indirectly though. And it caught my attention that he started um, kind of just riffing and looking for examples on how he might work with some players or like quality players that they've brought in. And uh, he starts talking about Cornell a bit, which we talked about last episode, the new goalkeeper signing on loan from Salzburg um, and talking specifically about how the goalkeeper would play with the team. And I think it was just an example that he thought of, um, but it still caught my attention. That was the first thing that he thought of like searching for that. Um, and maybe it's cause he knows Cornell already a little bit um, or maybe that there's going to be a more like direct, intervention on on that part of our game because you know we did get a new goalkeeper coach let go of burpo who'd been here forever and then um you know with robles like we actually the club got uh you know was was fortunate that robles was able to adapt his game really you know to to meet our needs from 2015 to to 18 19 ish you know um so that's one area of the field i wasn't thinking about that could be a big area of turnover and I'm curious to see if there's really something to that that I hadn't hadn't been thinking up about before. Yeah, I mean, this is this sounds like uh, the first time that there's been any sort of plan at all for the goalkeeper position besides whatever retired player retired player buddy is available to be the coach and whichever you know guy is available on the waiver wires um, to bring in and actually be the goalie. For the first time in perhaps club history, there seems to be a plan more sophisticated than that for the goalkeeper position. So 
um yeah i agree that that is that is very encouraging i'm not going to pretend like i have any sort of like uh technical knowledge of the goalkeeper position maybe we can bring on lens sometimes to uh you know help us out with that but yeah. uh you know um our token goalkeeper friend <laughs> yeah exactly but uh the one once a metro goalkeeping correspondent lens but uh that um yeah i agree just just the just the fact that they're interested in it and talking about it and went and headhunted this guy Niemann to coach it up, I think is all a very good sign that, you know, they're not just winging it at a, you know, highly important position on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's encouraging to see that our technical staff in general is growing, um, you know, obviously seeing more analyst roles and like a, a development of a department entirely under Natasha Patel. I think it's really cool. Um, That's right. We added a new, or Struber added another assistant, right? Who's also right. analyst minded, right? Yeah, the, there's um, Sebastian Freidel, who um, has worked in in kind of the lower leagues in Austria and Germany. And yeah, he was brought in. I, I, I can't recall exactly whether his he was given the official title of assistant coach, because I think there he, he was definitely officially announced. But there was also kind of like a notable, um, you know, language from uh, from Struber and and Thelwell that Friedel was going to be more of a video guy as opposed to an on field coach, and they said that uh, Bernd Eibler, our our everybody's little brother, Bernd Eibler, <laughs> was going to be the um, kind of more of an on field um, training guy. So um, yeah, but that's um, that's definitely interesting. And yeah, like you said, Peaches, uh, there is definitely kind of it seems like every kind of expert technocrat whatever that uh you know uh, struber wanted to bring in has you know been been uh, you know obtained for him so yeah i've yet to hear of a throwing coach for our club yet though so you know that's There's that's the, the next step in the right. evolution in, the, um, in terms of I, the I, meme technical they, staff signings yeah i mean they 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 just have they have to wait until there's finally one day a non-Danish throw-in coach tire. Yeah, um, it's, there's an allocation money pool of technical yeah. staff uh, special specialties. We just have to create a new rule for that. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, I have to say I, once once there's once like Scotland and uh, Poland start producing their own throw-in coaches, well, we're gonna pounce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Look, I mean, if if when whenever Kemar Lawrence retires, you know, we'd love to bring him back. Uh, I think that'd be a great role for him. That's true. Didn't Connor Lee used to do long throws? I think it just he did his best. I think yeah, he did his best. <laughs> I think he just had the thing where I mean, it's like his tackles, right? Like just like he had to bring a hundred ten percent of all of his mass and inertia. <laughs> just and regular effort. throws. He just looked really long. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think they were. I'm sure they did great throws, but I think it just looked like, you know, proportionally long. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I totally whiffed a couple like months ago when I was looking at, you know, the Barnsley uh, first team staff because, because, uh, and saying, oh, maybe these guys are going to join us because Struber brought like two or three of his senior assistant coaches to Barnsley like, you know, a month before he left to join us. And I was like, oh, come on. I mean, surely, surely, you know, 
bring some of these guys over. They just quit their previous jobs. And uh, nope, not a single one of them joined us. So I guess, you know, I don't really no know more how fake that stuff friends. works. Yeah. Well, I think one of those guys is uh, just like still at Barnsley, maybe. One of, one of them left, which makes sense. But Fucking these two face, man. I that's know. that's what Struther told Kevin the second he walked in the door. Yeah, no. He just, you know, but you know, can you blame, you know, for someone who just grew up in the dour, uh, just like depressing gray skies of uh, you know, Bavaria or uh, you know, just the 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 German Austrian Alps upon seeing the site of South Yorkshire? Like I would never want to leave, right? Like just just arriving right. in in such paradise like that does does Salzburg have uh beautiful uh old factories glens and no uh, no it doesn't Salzburg has music castles mm, doesn't have you cannot get a uh french fries or chips in between two pieces of bread in uh Salzburg I'm pretty sure so I think they made the right choice you're saying they don't have chip buddies in Salzburg? That's right. Yeah, they don't have a regional version of a chip buddy every 50 miles. Um, no, I think they just have different versions of schnitzel all around. Disgusting. Why, why get schnitzel when you can just have chicken fried steak? Is that really just what chicken fried snake is? Kind or, of. Or, you know, chicken fried chicken and all that stuff? A little bit, yeah. <sighs> I hate being confronted with the uh, inherent Germanness of America. Always a low moment. Um, this is, perhaps I support an odd club <laughs> uh, for that. Um, should we should we talk about uh, new players then? Since we last talked, then it seems like the time for that because we have, um, I think, chief among them. Is, um, uh, actually, our, I don't want to talk about new players unless our, our club is ambitious enough, ambitious enough to try to sign Erling Holland. Um, so you know, like clearly, this is all a failure if we don't do at least that. You know, can I get? Can you? Can you go back and can you like bleep out those words? Can you say that? <laughs> I can't condone that kind of language. That, that kind Danish. of names on these. Yeah. No more Danes on this yeah. podcast. It'll, it'll be it'll be like basic cable, like Midstoth. It'll be like uh, like early hallway in in the in the edit <laughs> i forget i forget that they they used to do that every once in a while i'll catch something where they where they change it and i'm like literally what oh, is I was, going I was, on i was watching a predator movie earlier today and they were saying like mother father and stuff like that uh, <laughs> yeah i can't it was, it was pretty funny fuck I, I can't remember what i was watching recently that did that and i was legitimately confused for like 10 minutes um man but um I think I think first and foremost is uh our new guy up top, number number nine. Uh play the Brasil jingle, uh Fabio. Um Brasil, Zil, 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 Zil. Oh ooh, play play the play the Lula song now too as well. Um so uh Argentina, done, never heard of it, bullshit. Brazil, I've always loved Brazil. Um, you know, I just have my heart on in the Maracanã. You know, I've always just I'm on Sugarloaf Mountain, my mind all the time. Um, it's just it's the best country, um, and Argentina can fuck off. Um, I've reviewed the <laughs> tapes, uh, and I think Fabio is um, 
I mean, you know, trying to be trying to be cautious, but I think uh, I think he's the best player um, on the planet right now, and I think he's going to score like forty five goals for us this season. Mm. That's a very conservative estimate from you. Measured take, yeah. You remember the last time I had a take like this was when I said we we're going to beat City eight 0 So off that <laughs> precedent, he's going to score only forty two goals this season. What a disappointment! Yeah. But yeah, he comes in on loan from Oeste, which refers to the west side of Sao Paulo. He was just saying on loan in the J2 league in Japan. Um, and the loan's only through June. Yeah, supposedly, say, like club, two months. Uh, supposedly, we have been trying to sign him for a couple windows now. Yeah, which I, it, it, um, that combined with the fact that his loan's technically only through June confuses me but hey look you know i guess we we have an option to buy which we don't in in all of our loans like tom edwards that loan conspicuously did not mention that we have an option to buy that's just a straight up loan but this one with mm-hmm. fabio we do have an option to buy june seems like a little short to me because you know like if he just gets one single injury it's like that could he could be losing half of his time but i'm just being a naysayer at that point um I, you know he's a he's a tall lanky player with a really long stride um and has plenty of of finishing touch in in his uh highlight reels that have been posted all over and are on on youtube as well um does any anyone have any other notes about fabio and does anyone think he might score uh only 39 goals instead of 45 um, I think I saw all the same highlight vids as you did, but um, he's like the same kind of guy who's just like, I think his running makes him look smooth, if you know what I mean, or like not necessarily like, it doesn't look explosive, but he can, he's definitely very quick. Yeah, I think that's the long strides that yeah. that if he gets an open field, he he covers it in like eight steps. Um, which is good because yeah, I feel exactly. like our league has a... Uh, moved more towards a higher back line in general that's true um, so you know like think- other like you know like leagues i don't know if he was in the championship or maybe i don't know how japan plays but if they were playing further back or in a mid to low block then i think he might not necessarily even be as um able to je- get to the chances that he might have in our league um and that's if we play quick and provide um i think on the counterattack. Which you know, I'm I'm kind of hopeful that Struber can um, figure out within the way that we play with an MLS. You know, I'm still holding out hope that uh, Struber is is you know his entire basis for taking this job is to kidnap Tom Barlow for his dinner for schmucks party <laughs> in Austria a few years down the line. But that being said, uh, I think one way to look at uh, Fabio is that. Uh, he is like Tom Barlow on steroids, basically. Okay. Uh, that um, you know, just uh, kind of just a more technically adept and uh, you know, kind of explosive version of Barlow. More kind of uh, you know, just more kind of tactically natural and you know, able to um, make the kind of kind of runs that um, uh, you know Struber will want to see. I thought it was interesting. Um, one another interesting kind of you know 
detour that Struber went off on in his press conference was about Fabio going specific. I'm gonna I'm just gonna start pronouncing his name with the U naturally. I'm eventually gonna just gonna start, yeah, speaking in a you know, like, you know, Brazilian, you know, accent. The, doing a McLaren but with Portuguese. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you yeah. know who does a good good turn at that is actually uh fucking what what's it Colin Firth in a uh, uh, Love Actually? Some great Anglo Portuguese in that movie could be a model oh, for, okay. for our our pronunciations. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to study up, but um, but Fabio um was uh, uh, or Struber was saying about Fabio that he uh, was kind of a obviously there was the speed and the stuff that we just talked about and his height. But um, also he said that he expected him to be kind of a link up player um, mm-hmm. that he expected him to be kind of, you know, um, kind of comfortable enough on the ball to hold it up and bring other people into play, which is kind of crucial for the way Struber's teams attack because kind of contrary to how we're used to the Red Bull um, way being where it's sort of kind of long balls that everybody chases down and tries to win the second um, balls on. Uh, the attack under Struber is a lot more kind of on the ground and with short passes. It's fast and, you know, forward long or short passes, but um, a little bit more of a team kind of swarm as opposed to a jailbreak. And he thinks that Fabio could be a player that is kind of, you know, the fulcrum of all that. So I thought that was another interesting to see this thing to hear him say. This could just be the nature of highlight reels and the fact that they don't really include hold up play or, you know, um, that kind of element of people's games. But I have to say, I've seen less of that in what I see from him. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't intuitive from how I've watched him play either. Yeah. So it was especially notable. That he said that he definitely also has a, um, he's, he's not afraid to shoot, but also like to pick a weird angle or like a, a lot of his goals look like the kind of thing where the, the ball is still bouncing or like it's, it's in a weird spot and he just like hits it a hat, a half step quicker than you would expect or in a weird spot that kind of catches everyone off guard and you know you don't realize oh wait yeah he did have a shooting angle i just wasn't i was just expecting him to take four more touches and drag it across goal um which i think would it would be a great fit with how we play i mean that's kind of what showed up in a lot of kaku's clips when we were excited about him two years ago um and he was only able to do a couple times for us um due to circumstances um but uh i I think that'll be that'll be a good fit and i think you know he he definitely hits the ball uh stronger and cleaner than barlow for sure i mean because that's that's really the thing that we were talking about last season right with like trying to test out you know what it what is it about tom barlow and what what isn't it you know that he has and and fabio would seem to have all of the finishing and touch and athleticism that that aspect of athleticism that barlow might not and he's also younger right he's younger than barlow yeah he's like uh fabio is like 23 23. and barlow's i think like 25 by now yeah all right yeah i mean i i think it i think think he could be too right he's like i think it could be really good i think he was like six three six four yeah yeah which i think shows up in 
his play as well. Not just like, oh, he's literally going to win headers, but like, I think he just can use his physicality to like push guys around in the box. Um, Does Struber use a lot of... Does Struber use a lot of lone striker formations or... Not well, not not too much. It's, okay, because I was gonna say that Fabio seems you know, like four, the type four, of player who would have three, like five, two. that. He would be good with like a partnership up top. I mean, like I think, I, think it, I think it sounds like Royer is his kind of plan to be sort of a you know the withdrawn striker. Yeah. Um. In in whatever setup we, that we go with. I was going to say something similar that I think Royer is, is maybe a sleeper pick. Cause I think, I mean, I was, I was kind of banging this drum a little bit at the end of last year and may yeah, probably not in 2019, but like, you know, Royer is one of those players that kind of became a symbol of like some frustrating things about Armis in the zone. But like, it's easy to forget that like, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's a bad player. You know, like I think like, the over-reliance on Royer and and kind of just deference to him being a attacking guy and like forgetting what he did well when the team was good was uh symptomatic of the problems of 2019 and 2020. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Royer's still only what, 30, 31, gonna turn yeah, 31 this year. 30. Um, yeah, I'm at 30. Yeah. Given the way that he plays his game, um, like I I actually have no problem at all having Royer still being first in the team, if we have a manager who knows how he wants to use him and isn't just like, oh, this is the biggest name on our roster remaining. I'm going to circle it a couple times in the team talk before we yeah, exactly. go out there. Um, and for that matter, like I think it also became kind of, you know, I didn't necessarily disagree with this, but like this idea that we sort of needed to sell Royer when we could, like I, I actually would be fine if like we use him well, of, like just having him run out his contract here until he's 32 or I don't know if he has another year after that. If he's a solid player this year, like that's great. That's 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 what we want out of him, and I have no problem with that. So yeah, I think I think it could totally be Royer as well. But in terms of second strikers to pair with Fabio, I think Omir might be a good idea. Um, you know, I think both of them have like that. You know, kind of in like the classic four four two sense of uh, striker pairings. You know. No, I think yeah. that, I was going to say right before you mentioned that too that uh, I think you know ha- having said that Royer is sort of the incumbent to be that kind of floating withdrawn striker that that particular role in Struper's system is like tailor made for the way Omir plays and I think um, you know maybe 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 Struber just like doesn't even know Omir exists and thinks he's you know one of the ball boys but. Um, if he plans on actually giving him minutes this year, I think he could really thrive in that role. That's a guy I really forgot about. You know, I think my my hopes were so high for Omir. Everything started so great with him, and I just really thought it'd be so good. And then I feel like it just got painful to think about it at a certain while, like just like yeah. how things weren't taking off. And I think I just shoved it out of my mind, and now I, I have not readjusted to thinking about Omir again, but I hope I hope it can come come off for him. I yeah, feel like for Omir, he just like really became a forgotten player in general. You know, yeah. 
I was going to say, I kind of blacked him out and, and Caceres as well. Um, yeah. was another one who I just feel like you mentioned before that, like some players kind of just get lo- got lost, um, in, in Armis's like implementation, uh, during his like time as head coach. And I think Caceres is another one, um, who just like didn't really find his footing. Um, and I kind of forgot about him too. I- I'm hopeful that we'll see a little bit more of him as well, maybe in a better way. Um, uh, as, as you mentioned with Royer. Yeah. He, he, he's gotta be like one of the biggest question marks going into the season. Like yeah. with, with Omir, there's room for him to like, if Omir just never really gets a lot of playing time from the get go, it won't, you'll have to be like, Oh oh yeah. What about Omir? CCJ though. It's like, that's a really open question on, on mm-hmm. what, really his best uses and and how the team sees him because as yeah as we've touched on i think in previous seasons he's just like literally never really had like a a you know never really been coached <laughs> to be blunt you know like it, he uh he was either in the zone with armis or it was last year which was just all over the place so it's like what what is going on there who knows? I think we're going to find out one way or the other. I hope. I mean, we even disagree on this podcast. About the I mean, I just play. really, my hope for this season above anything else is that we just like find out about things, right? It's <laughs> like, just like last year, we just didn't find out about things. You know what I mean? Um, everything was just, oh, wait, I guess that doesn't matter. Oh, wait, I guess that's not what we're doing. And, you know, speak and bring it back to Fabio, I guess, too, because of the lone the short loan thing. Like I fully expect he's going to, he, he will be starting April 17th if healthy or like beginning significant playing time from the get go. Cause I mean, if he's not, I'll assume that maybe the loan isn't going well and they already know that they don't want him because with that short of a window, it's like, I feel like we got to run the guy out as, as first choice or, or something like it just to feel it out. Cause um, we just really don't have time to like play around and, and, cycle through a bunch of different guys like the schedule forced us to last year with with some of these loan um tenures um so i just i just really hope that this year brings more clarity and sense of coherence with the roster and the team but who knows who knows hopefully it won't be as as disruptive of a season Our, our lives won't be so disrupted but yeah i don't know um the, the other thing I was wondering about Fabio was was is is his potential to be Barlow but bigger, um, bigger than before? Um, does that mean that him and Barlow probably won't be playing on the field at the same time, or could they both be on the field at the same time? Uh, it would be interesting if if they tried him out of on the field at the same time. It would be like the the Santos. Um, lineup that ripped us up a couple of years ago with the uh, Furch and uh, Furch. lesser Furch. But yeah. uh, um, but no, I, th- I think that's interesting. I think, like I like I said a second ago, that uh, the the tactics for Struber are a lot more sort of, uh, I know it's a dirty word or dirty couple words, but tiki-taka in the final third um, than, than mm. we're used to with, uh, with Red Bull plays. So maybe you know, asking a little bit much of two, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, 
unwieldy target men to to play that way. But um, uh, it would be interesting to see. I, I think I think there could be some uh, some defenses will play and some some tactical looks that we'll have to face where that could be a, a game plan that they go with that could be that could bring some thrilling results. I like the idea of um, of you know two big mobile target men sort of wreaking havoc. Yeah. Wait. So remind me, like, if if for this more on the ground, Tiki Taka in the final third potential, like, how how does that combine? Or how does it square with the like you know really wide play, like fully wide play that we see out of like a guy like Edwards, who's just out and out right uh, wing back? Like, is is his job going to just be to like? facilitate I mean, that in the final third i mean is he going to be expected to whip things in i don't what i i think there's there's an element uh in struber's previous teams where the fullbacks are very much wide players and provide the width in the team but they are almost as much kind of wide defensive midfielders as they are like whipping in crosses like you just mentioned mm-hmm. i think there's going to be still plenty of room in you know the way the team is set up for a guy like Edwards to put crosses in. But I also think uh, that the width that he provides is going to be as, as much as it's going to be, you know, darting into the the final third wide and then putting crosses. in. I think it's also going to be circulating the ball and just being that wide outlet kind of like Mario used to be um, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who you can kind of have as a release valve on the side of the formation when everything is just sort of, buzzing around in the middle of the field yeah well speaking of wide players should we talk about the the mythical sighting if many doubted it could be true that the new york red bulls could sign two left backs at the same time but we have none other than andrew gutman uh formerly of uh you know 80 million subsidiary loans and contracts but technically on t- loan to us from Atlanta, um, who's going to be here for the season playing out left. Uh, and there's been a lot of like positive chatter about him. And he, look- he looks like a pretty serious talent. I mean, he played for Cincinnati last year and um, while being on loan from Celtic, uh, former Herman Trophy winner, um, you know, went to Indiana, right? Which is mm-hmm. like, you know, one of the, the top or like established um, NCAA programs. Um, but yeah, he, he's here for the year and I get the sense that this was, this is very, very targeted as well. This wasn't random, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, you had to jump through a lot of hoops to get him like you touched on a second ago. Um, God, yeah, he the was, fact with... that he was even in the, the reentry thing yeah. confuses me, but yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean like the, I mean the reentry thing is just sort of in theme with, you know, the whole path of his career is I think him getting signed by teams who aren't necessarily aware that they can't really use him. Like, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> like, uh, I, not to get too bogged down in his, his biography, but just, yeah, he went to Indiana, won the Herman trophy, was a big standout player. And it was expected to be, should he choose to, um, you know, a big MLS traffic, his rights were at his homegrown rights were actually, he was a, he was a Chicago Academy player for a stint. Right. Um, and they, for whatever, I mean, Chicago was obviously a mess for a while, but they decided not to pick him up. So he 
um, ends up going on trial. He actually, he went to Glasgow to go on trial with Rangers at first. And then like later in the week, um, like walked over to Celtic and put on a Jersey there too. And both teams seemed like not entirely sure that they were allowed to sign him or not. And Celtic ended up, you know, I guess taking a leap and going in and giving him a contract. And then sure enough, like I, he never, he never played a game for Celtic and I don't think he ever spent more than like a few weeks in Scotland at any point. Um, he was, it was, on, it was uh, like work permit issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, it he wasn't was, like, he, he never came MLS contracts real, which yeah, we maybe yeah. get to in a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like that, but it was, it was literally just that like, like another thing too, is that like Celtic uh, was Celtic was kind of a mess also um, in their front office the last several years. And that it very well could have been a situation where like, certain certain parties were not communicating with each other and they signed him without knowing that they weren't allowed to actually register Mm -hmm. um so basically he went on this you know carousel of loans he was with charlotte in usl for a year and then yeah like you said last year he was with cincinnati which was another like really messy team that um, was never going to be a good platform to him to shine with. Although that being said, the there was a lot of chatter from Cincinnati when we picked him up last week that they were pissed that they were not able to retain him because um, you know apparently you know he was he was you know well well appreciated by you know Cincinnati observers for how he yeah did understandably I get it you know like the fact that Atlanta is technically it could be receiving a transfer fee from us because it is insane. Um, or even just signing him because they were just like, I don't I guess they were, did they have the worst record last year? Hilarious. But they were just like first in that re-entry draft thing, mm-hmm. snagged him even before they had hired a manager um, just cause. And, and, and yeah, I get the sense that Cincinnati was just like under the impression that they that was it. They couldn't resign him and they would have loved to. So I, I don't, I don't really like FC Cincinnati, but I don't blame their staff for being like, what the fuck? That sounds like bullshit. Cause it kind of does sound like bullshit to me. Yeah. But Hey, we've yeah. got them, which is what matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, like, you know, we made out like bandits and uh, um, yeah, he's, I mean, the, I'm not, as we all know, the 2020 season didn't happen. So I'm not Mm going to, I'm not going to like judge. I haven't watched any highlight reels of him in Cincinnati, but um, his highlight reels from Indiana are fucking mint. Like even, even just for NCAA level, um, very dynamic kind of inventive fullback who, I mean, to to be able to, to be able to win the Herman trophy and impact play and be that much of an eye catcher from fullback um, takes some pretty serious talent. And he's, very inventive with how he distributes the ball has a good kind of, you know, can really kind of uh, ping it with his left foot, whether that's crossing farther up the field or, you know, kind of shooting long balls up the field. Um, he has a, he has really good vision. You know, that really stands out in a lot of his tapes in mm. addition to kind of the mobility that you expect from a fullback. And um, yeah, he'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a catch 22 where like you don't necessarily you know, I mean, we want him to do well and it'll be exciting to see him do well, but if he does too well, you know, he'll, you know, just be something that, you know, fucking Atlanta will hold over our heads. So, 
Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes further down the line. But you know, that was a a very nice little little uh, late and or early you know Christmas present from from Lord Thelwell. Yeah, and you know, I I, I promise I'm trying to you know I don't want to be like totally anti loan or whatever because I get it to a certain extent but this is one where it's like we we seem to legitimately rate the guy and like him and he he fits our needs he's fit then he seems to fit the no assholes test that that Thelwell has yeah he hasn't he has um, an mba he already yeah. has oh i think he, he already has, has an MBA. Test mm-hmm. he's got top character <laughs> <laughs> so he did fail the test yeah okay Yikes. i mean yeah it, it, i i so we got to get Struber time to, you know, realize the the difference in cultures between a, a <laughs> actuarial school in in Austria and MBAs here. But you know, all right, you can't can't win them all. But um, <laughs> he's not on uh, alone though, right? Or option? He uh, no, no, there was really much mentioned about an option. So if, like, if, 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 yeah. if really well, suck if he like turns out real good and. Atlanta are like, nope, we were right. going to take him back. Because yeah. my impression, I mean, part this is, you know, skewed because it, it's probably because of COVID. But, like, I, I don't think he's even ever been to Atlanta at all, you know? Like, and mm-hmm. it, it sounds like I heard someone reported that he did, you know, have conversations with Bocanegra and, and um, you know, Aaron Deals. Um, and they were <laughs> positive or whatever, you know, whatever. But, like, you know, he, he, really, he really has as minimal of a uh, uh, connection to Atlanta as, I mean, it's really just, it's really an American sports transaction uh, that like you're more used to with like, uh, you know, it's like Kobe Bryant being drafted by Charlotte and exactly. Or, you know, Eli Manning and, and the um, chargers. Right. Right. Um, So like, and like, and he, he was like, like, you know, not, not to big myself up too much, but I, I had the scoop. On, uh, oh on yeah, Gavin. sorry. And uh, but like even when scoops I in this house. when when I well yeah when when I when I rained scoops upon the land uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, it was like literally hours later that they announced him, and he was like already in Jersey, uh, ready to train. Um, yeah. So yeah, whatever. I think he might have he might have been like in the background in that Instagram post with Reyes at Dick Sporting Goods. I think. If you look further back, Andrew Gutman was still in the checkout line buying like some big league chew or something um, and just, you know, waiting it out. So um, he was buying he, a, a package of uh, vacation getaway, uh, you know, uh, airline tickets to give out to his grandmother. <laughs> but free, free, um, free, like, yeah, like Dorner Park passes and shit. Uh, uh-huh. well. um, the. Uh, but yeah, part of it, part of me is just like it seems like kind of like you you're getting at peaches. Like it really, it feels like we kind of have only something to lose by the loan thing here. Like, because uh, like yeah, I I want to root for him to do amazing immediately. But it's like, do I want to give significant money to Atlanta? No, like it, I can't imagine that our like I want us to be in a position basically where Atlanta's buying. Or, or negotiation stance is stronger than ours than it is now 
right? Like I want him to do well where it makes the asking price go up. I don't want to root for him to do only so-so and we get him, you know, and, and we can more easily get him. So it's like, if we like him already, I, it just kind There's of feels no incentive like to this get him if he doesn't do well. position. Yeah. Like, it seems like if we liked him enough, there would have been no better time to press the issue than now. But I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they did it precisely. I mean, like, I guess, yeah, Cork, as you talked about with the press conference, like the issues of COVID and, and just getting so many transfers done at once, like maybe that's part of the loan thing. Maybe that's the hedge on on those things. Maybe it's like literally there's just less cash flow right now because there's yeah, no Yeah, I mean, they, they, sort of had a, they sort of had an answer in the press conference for loans, um, some pretty substantial ones. I mean, Thelwell basically saying that uh, – you know that I mean, he came out and admitted, like, yeah, we're we're we are kind of like hedging our bets. It's COVID right now. All these guys, pretty much all these guys, are coming from a different continent, and you even even when it's not COVID, you never know when guys are going to settle making big moves like that. Um, you know, they're mm-hmm. human beings, and you know, even you can do all the scouting and and due diligence you want, and you know, things still don't work out even in non-COVID times. So especially now with um, all the logistical difficulties and, you know, all it's both the logistical difficulties of COVID and the logistical difficulties that the team itself is in where we're trying to overhaul a roster in a very quick time frame. Um, you know, I think there's that element of it that, that Thalwell mentioned as to why they're doing so many loans. And then also Thalwell sort of um, kind of, uh, you know, took out some of his CV and saying that, like, you know, when I was at Wolves, and he, you know, he named particular names like Diogo Jota and um, Raul Jimenez um, as guys who were high-level talent. That the only way it was really feasible for him to bring him in at first was on loans, and then that ended up working out. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think they had some pretty good answers for that, and you know, kind of added to the sense that they're basically saying, you know, trust us. Um, you know, we, we've, we've been around the block before, you know, we're going to, you know, try it here. That's why, you know, there, there was another interesting part of the press conference too, where Thelwell mm-hmm. said, you know, we, you know, the two of us wouldn't have come over to this job if we didn't think that there was, you know, big stuff for us to do here. Um, we were both in pretty plumb positions in Europe and, you know, we wouldn't have come over here if we didn't think, you know, we could do something pretty cool so um yeah you know um i, I think that one might have said i wouldn't have come over to here it's shite and full of yanks and that's exactly. a big version to do yeah he, would, he said i would have stayed in scab town but yeah um <laughs> yeah so um yeah we we just have to see whether the proof is in the pudding I mean, yeah, I think the thing about Gutman is that like our best hope is to that he plays well and he's just convinced that our setup is really good and that he wants to stay here and that this is where his career would go. You know, I would really signed Gutman. It is to have someone that can go to social functions posed as Gerhard Struber instead of him when he doesn't want to go to things. <laughs> and they'll just, they'll just coach him and say on how to do an Austrian accent and it, it'll be perfect. Gerhard doesn't have to go to the... He doesn't the, even need to be coached on the Austrian accent. You guys were gutted when you found out his name was pronounced Gutmann. I was just confused. I, I mean, honestly, I was impressed that everyone had had gotten it consistently from the from right one, because it, it's 50-50 for me with, like, you know, Americanized 
German names like that. Like you know, you, you never know who's going to be Miller and who's going to be Mueller. And I would have thought at least some people would guess wrong, but everyone's been uh, very consistent with Gutman. If uh, if if Gutman, yeah, can take over some of those community appearance roles, Struber, Struber gets some more days off, and I can kind of put on the shelf my continued. Um, you know, uh, program of physically altering myself to look even more like Gerhard Struber than I already mm-hmm. am. So yeah, and um, and starring in the latest Minor Skarsgård film, I think mm-hmm. it's Bill Skarsgård who looks like them. Mm-hmm. I might have to check that. And Ralph Fiennes, of course. Um, Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes. Sorry, Ray, Ray Fiennes. Yeah, I'm just doing so much anti-Irish pronunciation right now. So close to St. Patrick's Day. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair fair enough for try it before you buy it. Try before you buy, I think, is what they even said. I mean, it, it makes sense. But And I, I know that this is a new team of people. Trust me, you know, if anyone, if any podcast is aware of that, it would be this one, right? Uh, but it just makes me extra nervous given that like, this is the same club that didn't CC everyone right to like exercise a contract mm-hmm. uh, correctly, where it's just like, and you know, has maybe like accidentally someone put someone on the season ending injury list, unconfirmed, unclear if that's exactly what happened with Ba a couple years ago. But it's just like, I don't, I don't love the idea of extra paperwork for the team right now, given this mm-hmm. recent history. But, um, you know, it, 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 I'm sure they have a reason. I mean, the, the loans of Coronel and Diara, who I know nothing about and maybe I'll ask about next, like make more intuitive sense to me in just like trying them out. It's the the Goot one, Gutman one maybe catches my eyes as being, it seemed like a guy we, we kind of already know we like um, compared to the other two. I mean, Coronel, it seems like we like, but like, it's complicated, right? There's more guys. Maybe, maybe we don't have permission to keep them. Who knows? But we'll see. We'll see. But oh, most importantly, key key roster update. Uh, Andrew Gutman's photo is now. We have a narrow Gutman. Narrow Gutman on the website. His he has adopted the mantle of narrow face on the club roster. It used to be Jason Pendant who had a narrow compressed photo. Uh, now Jason Pendant's photo is normal. It's normal. It's updated, and we've got a compressed, narrow Gutman. So I guess it's just a hazing tradition for the the minor CB or, or junior CB on uh, left back. Excuse me, on the team. Who knows if they ever get um, together with Franco Penizo, they will have a normal profile photo. Profile picture <laughs> together. I was wondering if. Um... If uh, Jason Pendant's picture was a selfie from a car front seat, but... <laughs> probably. But see, like, how does this even happen? I don't know. Also, if anyone listening to this podcast knows Franco Penizo, <laughs> why ask? is his photo like that? <laughs> Has anybody asked him? Like, I don't think anyone's had the like, nerve. Re- just reply to him, like, just one of his articles, like, when he posts something, just reply. To the, I sh- why? Yeah. why? Like, I would just like purpose? heavily like like you know disclaim it if I did it if I do it I'll be like Franco I promise I'm not just like being like haha you look like this but I genuinely why is your photo like, <laughs> did this? You do like that? 
you you know you can post you posted the photo you have control over it franco you don't have He's to been be franco asked like along. the best question at the at the press conference he too. did we we, we, we're, even, we love franco yeah i'm not talking shit franco i'm just confused at your stretched photo <laughs> oh no he has a regular photo now oh he changed oh. it oh he did no or he I was listening. Him, we're, we're live. We're live casting right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Twitch.tv/slash/view from two hundred two. My 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 hunger to know though is still there. I still don't really know what's going on. Know why? Oh my god. Um, maybe just like no none of nobody who knew him like had. <sighs> felt comfortable dming him being like hey did you did you mean to do this like just fyi are you trying to be funny yeah (laughs) um you know like who was it like there was some guy where like somebody logged on to his wikipedia page and like changed the sides of his eyebrows every day like every like incrementally (laughs) until they were like huge or something we're gonna do that with grant hall's wikipedia page and i can't i don't know which dimension yet but Maybe I'll slowly do. It. Actually, no, that's probably the worst one to try because he definitely checks his Wikipedia page every day based uh, on 100%. his Twitter behavior. Yeah. Um. Well, Wall is significant enough to have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, probably. You know who has kind of a messed up, possibly self-authored uh, Wikipedia page is uh, Fellwell. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't even it doesn't even mention that he's with the Red Bulls now in like the first paragraph. Yeah, no, that's that's the only thing that that it's like pretty bad. It's pretty sloppy. That's the only thing that makes me doubt that. It, well, I mean, maybe he wrote it, a but hasn't updated it. But yeah, right, it's, uh, right, yeah. Oh, all right. Gutman has a pretty long, pretty long one. A lot of the college guys have pretty long ones it, it yeah just, like co- just... big big college players have like wikipedia pages oh, now it's kind Grant of wall born mission kansas is an american sports journalist who's best <laughs> known for being married to sling counter <laughs> <laughs> i can tell grant wrote his <laughs> doesn't actually say that but <laughs> That would be that if if you edit it, say that though he like he would be physically incapable of removing that edit. He'd be like, I can't, I can't delete this. This is true, I, I, you know. Um, but, uh, other other signings though. Uh, I mean, I mentioned Diara. Uh, I will say, I Yuba Diara, Red Bull Salzburg player, has been injured. I I know by far the least about Diara of of the guys that have joined the team does anyone know anything more you, than educated you me? and the rest of the soccer world pretty much i mean he's a guy right. who um if, i mean if there's anybody who knows a lot about Diara Struber is a good candidate um okay. to be the only person on planet earth who um knows how this guy plays um cuz he was he's from Mali um uh the african nation of Mali and cool uh did he came, he came over with a few other guys from the youth national team to Salzburg three or four years ago um where they were obviously first with Lifering the reserve team that happened to be at that time for a stretch run by one Gerhard Struber mm-hmm. um and uh i think that the was this was kind of directly touched on in the the press release about DR signing that um he uh was 
you know, that's true. Where it was like, you know, I, I know him. I, I know what we can get out of him. So I'm excited to bring him in. And uh, yeah, he's just kind of a guy. He, the other Malian players who came with him to Salzburg have mostly kind of graduated to, um, if not the Salzburg first team, some kind of other pro teams in, in Austria and Germany. And Diara, meanwhile, has had a lot of injuries. He, he was mm-hmm. on loan with, um, he was actually on loan in, uh, in kind of a, roughly higher level in Germany with uh, St. Pauli for a year. And that's kind of been his, his moment in the sun so far, but has never really kind of broken into the Salzburg first team because he's had a lot of uh, knee injuries. The most recent one being from last summer. And he hasn't really, he hasn't really played at all since then. So um, this will be like a, like a, one of the CLs and ACL, MCL, something like that. Yeah. One of, one of them. Uh, last summer and yeah he's basically um this preseason is his first kind of like rehab from that um yeah no i mean it's you know uh it's kind of it's kind of rock bottom for him but you know that also means it's kind of nothing but upside um you know for us if he does well i mean i don't think he's been brought in as a starter um, yeah, I think I think this is going to be kind of a thing where it's it's probably going to be kind of like Rich Tchaikovsky, um a few years ago, where he's just going to be kind of being be an extra body to have around and you know have right. that as depth and rotation and you know um, then if he explicitly works, start for an entire year. Is he more defensive minded though? Yeah, he's definitely more of a defensive minded player. You know, we've kind of looked at. Um, some of his, there's not a lot of video footage of him. And, you know, even if there was video footage, you're not going to learn a whole lot from highlights of a, of a holding midfielder, but in some of the kind of heat maps and some scouting data that we have on him, he's, you know, kind of a lot more of a stay at home, um, kind of a number six defensive midfielder, which is, um, the type of player that we haven't really had in the squad a whole lot. Um, especially since uh, kind of Dax left a few years ago. Um, Felipe was never, even though that was kind of the role he was put in, he was never naturally kind of a stay-at-home guy. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously we've had Sean Davis kind of being the deepest midfielder the last few years. And um, it's kind of, you know, that's not necessarily his natural game. Um, so that I think is an interesting angle on DR, uh, knowing what little we do about know about him is that he is kind of a lot more of a stay at home, you know, kind of ball winning six than we've traditionally had in the midfield for a while. Do, do you think that like, given his like, I don't know, like specialization in that like role that he would, you'd expect him to get more minutes uh, or like, how do you rank him, rank him amongst the other more like defensive minded midfielders that we have? Well, yeah, it's like, it's hard to say, it's hard to know how Struber plans to use the existing midfielders we have, because we just saw so much kind of rotation with Davis and Caceres and yeah. Wood last year. Um, and Struber being a guy who he likes to set his teams up in a diamond midfield, which we, you know, we've almost never seen from Red Bulls in recent times. There's just not a lot of um, sample data to know what he thinks of the hierarchy and midfielders we do have. Um, which only, which all the more reason lends me or leads me to believe that he sees Diara as kind of a bench guy to start with, and he's going to sort of use him to fill whatever gaps he ends up seeing when he rolls out the existing midfield core that we have so cool yeah that i guess that that's kind of what i was you know the the bench thing was kind of what 
I had been expecting, but it's it's sort of interesting to get another player. Where I just feel like we have we have so many midfielders, you know, as it is. But maybe maybe it's not quite as many as I think because you know maybe maybe Velo goes back to being more uh, up top. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Omir is really not understood as you know as a midfield. You know, Omir Clark. Uh, um, you know, Royer all have M's next to their name on the team sheet, but is that really like the same thing? Not really, mm-hmm. no. Um, so, so maybe it's not quite as many as I think. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, here's a question though. I mean, maybe we don't know the answer. But like, do 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 I need to like? Should I go study and like learn different terms than six and eight for this system? Like, is that just like not going to be a useful way of thinking about it? Because <laughs> It's just been so difficult the last two, one or two years. Not, not you know, necessarily intentionally, but like you know, may is it going to be possible that like Yearwood CCJ slash whoever just like won't fit that description very well? Uh, I think I think you're right about um, what the team has been the last couple of years, where it was incredibly unclear what the roles even were in midfield. I think uh, the you know structure that Struber is going to put in place this year is going to lend itself to calling guys sixes and eights um, right. more more than we have in the past. I think uh, especially if he rolls out the diamond, that's going to be about yeah. as clear as it gets as far as one one central guy screening the defense, and then you have a couple shuttlers, and then a guy linking with the forwards. Um, you know, I think I think they I think. The sort of clarity that you're talking about there and being able to identify what role guys are playing is going to be a big, you know, feature of what we see this year, regardless of how results mm-hmm. end up going. Yeah, like obviously no one really I I think employs like pure sixes and eights and tens anymore, uh, in the way that we probably understand them in the soccer vernacular, but I was going to say, if 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 uh, we do do the diamond midfield, I think it would make a lot more sense to see like who's at the bottom of the mid, uh, the diamond, who's at the top of the diamond, and then you know those other roles are obviously a lot more structured. Um, which you know, like to me would be interesting to see. Kind of like uh, we'll be able to see like Casters and um, Yearwood kind of pair up in in the middle of that diamond, and maybe have like someone like Tiara at the base of it, and then we'll see someone who's more attack minded um i think there's a lot of possibilities given the way that our midfielders are um and they're set yeah. up and obviously like i think the players that we have are good at crowding that middle um and then having you know just fullbacks who play wide um which you know obviously leads me to question where kyle duncan would fit in any of these oh because he yeah obviously like drifts in um he's not necessarily like that wide mid- uh fullback that we're looking at right yeah, I mean, I I I was thinking about that earlier, and I I think this year I'm gonna try to have like a rotating title in the squad. Hopefully, it becomes immediately obsolete, and I don't have to worry about it. But I just think like I'm going to have like a most confusing man on the roster award, and it's gonna be like you know WWE style where you get dethroned and you know you get to be doing it. Because I think right now Mandela Egbo might be the most confusing man on the yeah. roster. But could it be, I mean, Kyle Duncan is always kind of like part B to that, right? Could it be, uh, you know, Gutman at one point? Could it be Fabio if he doesn't, if he isn't starting that much, but then gets extended, but then sticks around? Could it be Diara? Who knows? But it, 
who is going to be the most confusing man on the roster? No, that's um, always going to be a role on the roster for kind of a new regime like this, anyway, right? Maybe like we'll always have players like that. I mean, let's think back to the last transition, though. Was was there? I mean, was that Sal Zizzo back then? The most confusing man on the roster in 2015. Maybe he wasn't really. I mean, Sal still got consistent playing time, though. It wasn't. You know, I think it was maybe like, are we really converting this guy? And that was sort of confusing. But I guess it was. It was kind of. It was. Uh, I, I guess we had the uh, we're going to play like an energy drink comment and stuff like that. But it was. It was uh, kind of, especially nowadays, surprisingly unclear that Jesse was going straight into. We're doing the high press. We're going back to the high press. Um, it's, it, it was it wasn't that clear that that's what his game plan was when he first came in, and then he you know immediately brought in Felipe, who mm-hmm. ended up being a player who, you know, it's it's kind of cloudy whether he actually fit the the high press um, as much as other guys who we ended up bringing in. So you know maybe that was a guy around. I mean, that. Mike I mean, was very confusing Sasha at the too, beginning. Kind of especially kind of kind of gray for that. That's true. That's true. And, you know, we like did end up trading Lloyd Sam that season. And um, like even oh, the season true, before, yeah. there was so much like media around how good Eric Alexander was, but he was just immediately shipped was off. Was there? There was. There was a lot of talk about how he was the reason uh, that, the, that the Dax pairing was doing so well. I mean, I think Alexander like played, I think the thing was that he played actually like every game in 2014, which yeah. was sort of weird compared to the other guys in the roster, but wow, Eric Alexander and Ambrose Iongo. And the Iongo, yeah. Very, very slept on trade there. Oh, you know who the uh, most confusing guy might have been is Chris Duvall. Oh, Ooh, that's, yeah, I don't, that's true, yeah. Uh, Chris Duvall, I have I to say, is like unusually like clear in my memory. Because like, I mean, when Duvall got selected in that expansion draft, like to me, that was like an un- like unusual instance where it felt like the writing was on the wall. The writing actually was on the wall, and everyone was like pretty chill about it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Well, okay, so we're I guess we're getting up there on length, but I think maybe the the two the two players two things we can talk about and then wrap uh, is Cameron Harper. And then, you know, I'll mention the Kaku thing, I think, just on the way out. But um, who's that? We, we, I know, right? We had a last episode, we hilariously called it, but also didn't call it. So <laughs> kind of called it. But before then, I will, I will um, briefly mention just to cover our bases, of course, that um, we have also signed a couple younger players like Wickelman Carmona. I think he had actually signed last time we did an episode, but mm-hmm. didn't get around to mentioning him and uh, Bento Estrella. Um, but those, you know, those are guys that I think just out and out youth, youth prospects. I mean, Carmona is more likely to get, I think first team minutes, maybe he will get a couple actually. Mm-hmm. Estrella is literally 15. Um, so, you know, great playing RB2, get some good minutes, but you know, we'll see in a couple years, maybe. Um, really Carmona. should not be coming into any sort of like evaluation of the offseason. I mean, they exist, yeah, yeah. obviously, but yeah. But they're, like, they're, I've been, they're there. I've just seen certain, certain MLS league columnists who are like bringing in, like, <laughs> oh, mentioning Wickelman Carmona as if he's like some big marquee signing we've made. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's, yeah. 
don't 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 talk about teenagers like in any unless they force you to like <laughs> they're like, another <laughs> another john tolkien you know type thing although you know who knows Tol- tolkien's year was disrupted by covid by that i just mean that kind of level of playing with rb2 not like you know how he plays or how well he played but um you know, let's talk about um harper a little bit another celtic uh connection actually really enough for a brief second i was like wait a second did we already talk about this but uh no and a guy that we signed we signed him for three years and then we have an option for another year or do we who knows <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's impossible to know um but Dennis Hamlet can- accidentally emails nicola sturgeon the contract <laughs> Sturgeon <laughs> must condemn this. Yeah, no, uh, uh, don't email my wife. I don't know, something like that. I'll think of a tie-in for that later. But um, <laughs> the the we actually properly signed him. We, I think we mentioned him last episode, but we have way more information now. Um, and we were going to kind of wait till – because he was going out of contract with Celtic. Um, we were going to wait till he was out of contract in the summer – and then at some point we're like, you know what? No, we'll buy you out of our contract. Or it's actually unclear. I mean, it seems like maybe he just got mutual termination, but maybe it looks like we threw Celtic a couple, couple quid, uh, it, Scottish it was, quid, <laughs> Scott bucks. Yeah, but um, <laughs> uh, that's the legal tender there. But uh, <laughs> that. Uh, it was it was i think i think we i think we we probably paid a fee it was kind of up in the air for a little bit because the rumor came out you know a little bit before we recorded the last episode at the end of january and uh then it kind of went dead for about a month or so while celtic kind of got their house in order as i mentioned before celtic has been kind of a mess and that's kind of part of why we're sort of raiding their cabinet of fringe american players right now um because they don't really have a technical plan and it sounds you know it sounds like again like with gutman that there was sort of there were there were certain power bases within celtic that were kind of not communicating with each other and certain ones that said this guy's like really talented don't just let him leave and then you know whatever parties at the top eventually decided to let that happen but it seemed like there was a little bit of tugging in the meantime that you know kind of tied up a quick move to New York and uh, you know, he was valued um, by at least some areas of Celtic and kind of rated. He had had some, some first team minutes earlier this year. And um, you know, uh, it's, I think it's, I think it's a lot more up in the air than, than Goodman. I think this could be a guy where, where we just kind of, you know, took a flyer on him because he was available and, you know, maybe, Maybe we don't end up seeing him a whole lot, like minutes wise, early on this year. But um, you know, kind of an interesting signing. It's an interesting signing both because of the context that I just laid out, and because um, he is from the little footage and scouting there is on him. He appears to be like an out and out wide player winger, um, which we're not necessarily expecting to. S- to be using as much in, in Struber's system. So whether whether he lines up as kind of more of a striker or gets molded into more of a forward in the box type player could be interesting to monitor for the early part of the year. But uh but yeah, we're just uh we're just racking up weird 
you know, never started Celtic signings. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I don't, I really don't have a substantive reason at all for this, but I had been getting a feeling that we might weirdly see a lot of them. Um, maybe if, if I'm Do- just. If Dominic Servi was still playing, he would have <laughs> been given a DP contract by us. <laughs> But. Yeah, we're we're taking on the mantle of weirdly Scottish team now that Dom Kinnear is is just a permanent assistant coach. Actually, is Dom still an assistant coach somewhere? I don't know. I think he's still with the Galaxy. I think he's just like the Galaxy's Richie Williams now. Yeah. All right, not a bad gig, really. Um, you you're basically guaranteed to get like a run of games as head coach every two years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I'm, you know, realizing maybe I'm just obsessed with this loan versus permanent transfer thing, and maybe that's stupid. Probably is, but um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. He's young, and he well, he has a UK passport, which is why he was able to play for Celtic, but Bootman mm. really wasn't for the work permit issues. Um, I you know don't know how the i'm gonna just have to i'm gonna have to see us play this season really just to get a stronger sense and just have it click for me more about how these guys are going to work up top together because i i read about it but it just doesn't it's not fully sticking yet i'm hoping that when i see it maybe it'll be a little bit more clear how they all fit um but i mean it'll be interesting as well that we're not we're not in ccl or anything so like the the rotation opportunities might also be more limited but um yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it's hard to figure out, you know, with Omir and Velo and uh, Barlow and Fabio and Royer and Clark. Like, it, 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 he could be at the top of that list. He could be nowhere near it. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think what um, Thelwell said about, you know, what the market is like right now in, in this condition is true. So, I mean, like, I, I do think in, in terms of, in, in some ways, that the, the best um, mechanisms for player mechanics might just be these loans. That could be. But I mean, Harper sticks out as not being alone. So, who knows? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's. Um, I mean, I think that's a good sign of intent, though, for the type of signings yeah. that we have. But it's a bad sign of the type of eyes that we'll have on us because now we've attracted national team folk. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of which, new enemy just dropped. It's been a while since our dear friend. What was his name? The Norwegian guy with the wrinkled shirts left. Um, oh, uh, Joe Ingeberget. Berget. Yes. How could I forget Berget? I mean, we still have the other, the Swedish or whatever guy at NYCFC, but new dickhead alert, new uh, enemy, Chris Gloucester, rumored to be traded to City uh, after, um, you know, getting kicked out of Young PSV uh, for no longer being Young. Um, but <laughs> literally, that literally was the problem. <laughs> Not no longer hot. Yeah, this is annoying. I'm looking. I'm I'm double checking this uh <laughs> this story like to see if it happened. And MLSsoccer.com, you know, reports on a rumor that this trade has happened. And I'm like, 
very confusing at a glance. I know it's not new, but still, still confusing. <laughs> it's really at a glance. weird. Yeah. yeah. I can honestly say that I've never rated him. Yeah, no. No, yeah, absolutely not. Get in the bin, Gloucester. You're no Matthew Olasunde, who at least had the decency <laughs> to, you know, kind of just go to get, go get to lost beautiful, in beautiful Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. Is that where he is now? Yeah, he was his brother. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I always, I, oh, for some reason, I always think Rotherham's in the South. I'm probably confusing it with Rochester, but Rochester, England, that is. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Fuck Do you have an updated lore map of England for us? The what? The updated lore map for England. Oh, yeah, right. The, the funny zone, the good zone, which yeah. is. Is Rochester in the funny zone? Or Rochester's in the South, you just said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, Rochester is in the very cursed zone. Yeah, very like uh, uh, Kent or something like that. Absolutely not. Oh. Like the, it's like on the, uh, I think it's on the UKIP side of the UKIP Tory divide of, of home counties, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what's the difference at a certain point? Uh, but yeah, fuck off, Chris Gloucester. Always thought you were shit. Uh, never rated you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, do do not listen to any episodes where we speculated you might come back, but good riddance. Uh, speaking of which, uh, yeah, so last time we <laughs> talked about a guy named Kaku, we we covered pretty thoroughly, I think, some of the situation, but <laughs> and we we said very very explicitly that you know just we couldn't wait any longer, and by force of 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 karma of nature of whatever, we would cause transfer news to. Uh, uh, eventually happened by just deciding to record and what do you know it it sort of did uh kaku has uh now played what i don't know five games for altaun uh you know he's 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 what is even the latest news i mean it's 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 over he's, right? yeah i mean so i mean First of all, you'll be glad to hear Kaku's doing great in Saudi Arabia. He's like scoring like crazy, um, which, <laughs> uh, which I mean, I think says more about uh, the the Saudi league than than Kaku not to be a, a dick to the fine, fine nation of Saudi Arabia. But okay. uh, um, from our end, uh, it it I don't know. I mean, I. Uh, I I think I think a lot of people I think I think every end of the New York Red Bulls apparatus, whether it's the club itself, uh, the fans, the press, everybody, uh, just kind of wanted the whole situation to go away, and it seems like mm-hmm. that's kind of happened. Um, I think I think there was a little, you know, whether whether conscious or not. Um, the strategy ended up being just kind of, you know, just hope it disappears. Kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, the political leadership in our country and state in the last uh, few years has proved that if you just uh, kind of ignore a problem, the news cycle will move on. And uh, I don't know. Kind of, kind of seems like what's happened here. I'm, I'm not. Makes sense. I, I, I will be pleasantly surprised if we wake up one morning and there's a press release that Altawoon has handed us one of those big golf checks for, uh, 
like 800 grand. You know, or that would be that would be an embarrassment. I have said from the get go, I expect a large sack of money with the dollar sign on it, not a fucking big check. So, Hamlet, get it together, fucking clown. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I agree. <laughs> they sort of just waited it out, and uh, I feel like when the there was sort of like a blip of like it being kind of like landing in mls slash red bulls twitter um where like i guess it was when the team finally made a statement or maybe like carlisle put together a report of other reports that kind of just like confirmed that no it wasn't that we needed to literally physically deliver a contract to him but like we just we didn't Hamlet did not email the right person. Scott Pearson was tech not actually listed as agent, and therefore mm-hmm. Kaku was right. He technically, legally, was not his his option was not exercised, which is ridiculous. But like, why not just fucking write everyone on it? But yeah, people were talking about it when that came out. I guess that's the most that it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my read of it is just how I feel about it personally. It was really by the end, just kind of like a club pride thing, where it's like, get it together, guys. It's just like, just yeah. fucking embarrassing, like series of of how you operate. You know, like at this point, like, yeah, like the time had probably run through with Kaku anyway. In the good timeline, we're selling him on for millions of dollars after he's you know done amazing things for us. But even in our bad timeline. It's like, you know what, that's fine. We probably need to, it's probably time to move on. I don't think we're going to be fucked sporting-wise without him. I still think he was a fucking fantastic player for us. Don't mm. don't get it crooked, you know? And, like, was not used right. But it was really just a club pride thing. Just, like, fucking, just what what is wrong with you guys? What do you, what do you guys fucking do all day? Like, you yeah. know? But, yeah, just just embarrassing. And I hope we... Hope we move past it. Um, Hope someone learns how to reply all. I know, right? Why wouldn't you just? Did he not even email Kaku himself? Was he like, why don't you just not CC Kaku himself? Yeah, I know. Did he just like literally? Like, I just don't. How does? How do you make that mistake? I mean, I mean, actually, no. I think Cork, you may have said this at some point that like maybe the horrifying thing is that like, yeah, I can imagine making that mistake when I'm like, you know, a little hungover and haven't slept very much and don't really care about my kind of shitty job straight out of college. <laughs> when I'm sporting director yeah. for the New York Red Bulls. Yeah. You know? Like, Oh yeah. I didn't email the right people. Who gives a shit? But like, what? I expect a little better, <laughs> but not for my current and future employers i would never do such a thing you know this is years ago but just just to be clear to any current and future employers listening um including the biden white house i would never i would never sell doug uh adderall no sorry um but yeah good luck kaku i guess good luck going to century 21 in in fucking saudi arabia but they don't have that there try 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 seeing if you can get the Brooklyn Nets on Justin TV in uh, in uh, Altawoon or whatever the town. Yeah, is. exactly. I bet they they. Oh, you know, I think yeah. Come to think that you know they don't have artichoke pizza, but they probably have a better version of Halal guys there. Don't they? Halal guys are great. Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, but weird weird way for the club. 
to end that chapter. Um, and I think the counterpart to this story is that it, you know, there was there was a pop-up, another little rumor pop-up, but it seems to have cold again. And Sayed Haksabanovich also seems to have cold gone cold. Is that right? Uh yeah, I mean there's basically he's back on the market. Uh they they fired the chairman who was playing hardball with everybody at Norkaping and it sounds like he's back on the market, but um apparently you're also like an idiot if you think that that means we're back in the hunt supposedly. Oh okay. So, so it's not um, so it could it could be It's not necessarily done. No, no. Um and then also um you know Omar Bogle ain't going away ever wait but, really uh, no he's he signed with a new team he's on like doncaster now oh right oh, going just away. Spi- i mean spirit, just, just you know, spiritually yeah. you know right yeah yes where where we where omar bogle goes we go all um maybe that's too close to home i don't know <laughs> too, too real um but all right well i mean to that point i think maybe in a, it can also be the wrapping the- what, what? I was gonna say, should we talk about the opening of the stadium? That's kind of news. Yeah, we don't really know. I mean, yeah, it's still up in the air, isn't it? But like specifics, like we, we know it's open, but yeah. we don't really know how it's gonna shake out in terms well, of like, yeah. allocating tickets, how you how you get to go, all that all that stuff. Yeah, I, my read is that well, so so first game is confirmed. My read is that the you know Murphy and Cuomo probably for all the New York stadiums as well. Are all, you know they're waiting. Well, who knows if Cuomo will be here? You know, God willing, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll be. He'll go go the way of uh, of uh, Kaku and Chris Glosser. <laughs> fuck off. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it just seems like they're kind of like not like just waiting as long as they can to announce it and waiting for the vaccination numbers to tick up as much as possible and whether yeah. to get better to then announce it because whatever they announce now they're gonna get panned for so mm-hmm. yeah and i think by the time we record again to do like our you know proper kind of preseason, you know our season like preview uh we'll have an answer um you know in in like maybe a couple weeks that's true yeah i think so I'd hope so because that, the game would probably be like the week <laughs> yeah. after we record. I reached out to so I reached out, I reached out, I uh, contacted my ticket rep and asked uh, her for some more info on it, and she said just to sit tight and expect an email in the next like week or two. Is your ticket rep Andrea? No, it's uh, Kate. Um, yeah, not not Andrea. Shout out, Kate. I think. Uh, see, like I actually I canceled my season ticket before even the pandemic happened just cause I was going back to school. So I don't even, I don't even have a season ticket wrap anymore. So maybe I, I might know. not even be able to go if it's like restricted to like a thousand season ticket holders or something. I might be able to go, not be able to go even if I decide that I want to go. I don't know. Is, is current, our current rules that it's like 15% of maximum capacity for outdoor venues. Like even though that, that that's at this point slightly dated, like I expect weeks, I think we're expecting like updated rules from like the like from Chris Mur- from from Phil Murphy, but um, we won't that, sell the seats anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that even put us at? Like, what what's RBA's capacity? Twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. So that's, at like that's like not economical, right? Like four thousand. No, yeah. there's I mean, no I way. I know at one point ten percent was the rumored thing, but yeah, it, it's believable to me that they've ticked it upwards a little bit now because. 
I mean, I maybe maybe it's just like the Red Bulls got on the floor and like also like the Devils or who like anyone who has like an yeah. arena rather than a stadium was probably like ten percent. That just that, you know that works for MetLife and literally no one else. Like yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Especially it, if like concessions are going to be weird or I don't know how they would even do something like that. It'll just be like um, Open Cup. I feel like <laughs> let's just treat it like that. They just you can. <laughs> Better be able to use your forty dollars soda cup. (laughs) (laughs) This is my most cursed possession I've ever owned. Did you know that you know if you took all of the COVID in the world, it would fit in your forty dollars soda cup? (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I just like I hope by April seventeenth, more people get vaccinated. I mean, for for its own sake. But I just, I really, really, really don't want Red Bull Arena to become one of those things that's like, you know, a, a, a COVID like behavior thing, you know, like, and I, I don't, I, I don't even, I haven't even thought about if I would go yet. I don't even know which way I sit, but I just don't want it to be a thing where like you're shitting on the people who decide to go and the shitting that don't it's, keep that out of my soccer space. It's just like, you know, we, we've been fortunate to not add that to, to soccer. Soccer has been nice and walled off from, from that whole thing. And I don't want Red Bull Arena to be, you know, the site of a bunch of photos of look at these terrible people or like, you know, whatever the opposite or like, oh, anyone who doesn't want to go to Red Bull Arena is just stupid. I don't want either of that. So just everyone, if you're fucking eligible, go get vaccinated so we can avoid that and keep Red Bull Arena the happy place and not the sad place is my ask to everyone. But I don't know. I might not I be able miss to going anyway. to games. It would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I hope we do a Metro Fan TV all standing six feet apart, and it just, <laughs> Nando has to stand like on the other like on Frankie <laughs> Rogers. He has, Boulevard he has to get like yeah, we're of Arabia close. lenses. Like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need some closed captions. I think. Yeah, we just speak. We do the interviews through semaphore flag. <laughs> Or work. everyone who appears on Metro Fan TV just lives in a bubble together. I'd be willing to do it for sure at this point. And we just live at Top's Diner. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. But who knows? Um, maybe maybe we'll get in. I, I actually, I, I wonder if there's going to be like, if, if things are like half normal, I wonder if there's going to be a longer restriction on the supporter section and like, you know, standing next to people and doing arm in arm and singing and screaming and stuff and, you know, kissing all the boys after we score a goal as we all do. That would be sad. Cause that will be fun to do that again, but I hope not. The weird thing is that there's going to be safe standing whenever we get back. But will will we be able to actually use it? I don't know. We witnessed a game where there was safe standing, didn't we? No, I don't the last game so. before everything went to shit. Oh, yeah. I guess some of it was there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Did they like build more or something? I feel like there might be more. Oh, I don't know. Oh shit! New kit dropped. This episode's long. Oh yeah. And two words. I don't know. How many words do you want? Uh, New kit, good? Yeah. Mm, fine. I like it. It's fine. It's just not like good. 
I don't like, I like the back. The... I don't like that. That's the one thing I really don't like is that oh. it's like pure white on the back. Um, See, I like that part. I wish yeah. it was just pure white everywhere. I provisionally like it, but I'm confused because sometimes like when I see the, you know, professional shop photos of it, it looks pretty like white and like checkered. But like in some of the photos, it looks like a straight up gray shirt. And and I, I it's going to take I'm going to have to see it in person before I know. Well, Cork, didn't you see it in person? Yeah, I went and bought it from the store. Like on the, oh, yeah. I was probably I was probably the first person to buy it. But uh, wow, um, yeah, I know, right? Um, but uh, it's nice. It's, is it gray or is it white? It's it looks white, more white in the back, and it looks more white like in general when you see it in person and like okay. from far away. Like I don't know, it look it, the the place where it looks most gray is in you know like the promo shots online. All right, and provisionally I like it because I don't. And if it were gray, my hesitation isn't so much necessarily that it's ugly, but that just like is gray one of our colors now. Mm, yeah. okay i guess but that can be a spiel for another day yeah it's whatever i don't care about it i think i i like it uh one of the the dark kits though oh yeah true i need a slammer i uh, next time i'm at uh the stadium I'll, I'll check out the clearance rack for the reds maybe i've gained enough weight where i can wear the whatever you know double xls are left <laughs> um should we wrap there yeah, I think so. That's All right. Uh, so you got, you got your talking points, everyone who listened to the podcast. Argentina, whack. Uh, Chris Gloucester, whack. whack. Uh, Scott Pier the general Kaku situation, whack. But, uh, you know. Scott Brazil. is American. Zil, 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 Brazil, zil, zil, zil. Atacanchi. That's the other thing. Pronounce everything that has T E as ch now. New new RBNY fan policy. Oh, uh, thank you, Brizinho. Mm, I don't mm, I don't know about that. Bridge. Bridgebird. Beach. I'm gonna go look up some more uh, Portuguese videos and in, in <laughs> anticipation of next episode. Until then. It's Alex.